What's up, party people? This is Chris Gethard, and you're listening to beautiful stories from anonymous people. One phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. One of the great things about taking these phone calls is I get to talk to people who are not like me. Being a comedian in New York means you largely just talk about comedy with other comedians in New York. It's even worse in L.A. from what I understand. Either way, I'm really happy I get to have these long conversations with people not from this part of the country who've lived different, uh, differently than I have, different backgrounds. The call you're about to hear is with a guy who I get the sense is genuinely one of just the actual best people I've talked to. Sounds like a really good guy, as you'll hear. He's in touch with nature takes care of the people he loves, and is totally willing to share about anything, even poop soup. Enjoy this call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. Hey, this is Gethard. How's it going? Hey, Gethard. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. How about you? Good. I'm going to be starting up an F-250 right now. What's that? There we go. Done. Wait, what is that? <laughs> hey, I just want to say I really admire your show. Thanks, man. Uh, your TV show, uh, the fusion show, the everything else. Uh, I, I only kind of caught wind of you a couple of years ago when I heard you on a podcast. I can't remember. Maybe like 2010, 2011. Okay. And I was like, this guy seems interesting. And then uh, I was able to check out your stuff and... Uh, Big fan. Uh, big fan. Not crazy fan, but big fan. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing it. What is an F-250? Is that a truck? Yeah, it's a Ford. Ford oh. F-250. Ford uh, F-250. I'm at work. Oh, I've seen the You work in the truck? You work You work in a... Uh, you, the truck is part of the work? Yeah, yeah. It gets me from point A to point B around the area that I work in. Oh, so... Trying to stay anonymous. Tra- transportation. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. That's cool. Well, thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for having my back, and thanks for being in a truck right now. I feel like that's a real slice of life that our listeners are going to flip out for. This guy's in a truck. <laughs> You're currently in a truck oh, while yeah. we talk. I mean, it, it's, it's not too fancy, but uh, uh-huh. but uh, I do. I will say that I do live in the mountains, and that we've been expecting snow, but we did, we got nothing. Okay. And uh, yeah, so just you know, kind of uh, went from it was going to be an exciting day filled with snow to just a cold day, like 34 degrees and raining. Okay. Now, are you are you talking while driving right now? No, I am not. I am parked right now. Parked in a truck. Turn the truck on for heat. You're up in the mountains, expecting snow. It doesn't come. I think the scene is set. I think I think any listener worth their salt can see this in their mind. Now, there there will be a point where I am driving, but it's in a very 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 controlled area, so I don't okay. have to worry about it. And you just let me know. I don't want it to be unsafe. But I like I want to I, I want to you know we're gonna follow you through your real life and if that's part of your real life right now, uh, we'll, okay, we'll yeah, it's my it. real yeah. life. Um, and I'm driving. There we go, and we're off. Okay, keep oh, it safe. What? There's a cop behind me. Cop, cop What's behind that? you. There's a cop behind you. Yeah, yeah. There's a cop behind me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, uh, they just they they took my parking space. So oh. we're good. Okay, great. Okay, okay, good. Just hey, let's Chris, uh, yeah. Let's. You, uh, are we going? Or is it going now? Yeah, yeah, we've been recording. Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, since That's I started sure. talking. Yeah. Are you, uh, you ever do much, I know you, I know you, you know, you, you grew up in Long Island, am I correct? New Jersey. Similar culturally. New Jersey. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. it's okay. I'm sorry. Um, uh, but, uh, did you do much stuff in the outdoors growing up? I tell you, I didn't. And it sounds like based just on the fact that you say you live in the mountains and you uh, are driving an F-250, which I don't even know what that is, you might be something of an outdoorsman. Uh, I, I, I am a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've done, I've done quite a bit of hiking and uh-huh. mountain biking. I've even done some uh, ice climbing, rock climbing. I used to do, do mountaineering wherever I lived um, in a place that got more snow and ice. What is mountaineering? Um, but, uh, I will tell you yeah. my- my high yeah. school's nickname was the Mountaineers, the West Orange High Mountaineers. I don't even know what a mountaineer oh. is, and you've done it. You've done mountaineering, and I went to a high school called the Mountaineers. I don't know what that is. What's mountaineering? I, well, I think a mountaineer, there's two different things. A mountaineer, one, would be someone who uh, would be like, uh, there's, a, there's a university called Appalachian State University, uh-huh. and they are the mountaineers, and basically... They look like they'd be somebody named Cletus. 
Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. overalls, no shirt, no shoes. Okay. Um, you know, white white trash. You know, okay. they'd probably be carrying around a jug with three X's on it, like a moonshine jug okay. or something like that. So, in a certain sense, that's uh, like okay, yeah, that's what that mountain. Probably that's what that mountaineer would be. Uh-huh. The stereotype uh, of the white trash. Mountaineering is uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, are you, you? I mean, you're from New Jersey, so you're probably familiar with the White Mountains of New Hampshire. I've heard of them. Sure. You've heard of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they have some um, they have some pretty high peaks there and some steep peaks. Like there's a place called Tuckerman's Ravine, and uh, it's a good place to learn how to do mountaineering. And basically, all you're doing is you're just uh, uh, let's, let's say you're just like it's it's like backpacking, going camping, but in a much colder environment. And there's a whole lot more equipment involved. Okay, so it's like sort of it's yeah. like uh, experiencing the mountain, living off the land, mountaineering. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, being basically just just constantly being cold and miserable. Not okay. my favorite thing to do. Uh-huh. Um, not my favorite thing to do. I'm a, I'm a much I'm a much bigger fan of hiking and mountain biking and that kind of thing. Now, let me ask you something but, uh, very honestly. Yeah. Is that I I live in the city. I live a sort of a Woody Allen-esque city existence. When you right, right. you look at a guy like me, and you're describing the way you like to live. The first things that are coming out of your mouth are you have to actually describe a lifestyle that is more rugged than one I, that I can even I, I didn't even know it existed. When you when you right. look at your life versus the life of a guy like me, you, you're more of a you're more of a man than I am, right? You're a, you're a more of a man. Hmm. I don't know about that because, uh, you know, as a man, I mean, I I do have a I do have a. Uh, obscenely large beard. You do? Uh, like, almost comically. Like, people, they, I have one of those beards where people comment on it. You know, like strangers, like, hey, nice beard. So let's just, um, to, just so to remind I, people, you're currently driving around the mountains in an F-250 with your comically large beard. Right, 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 right. It feels like and a I nice way wearing, of you saying, yes, I am more of a man than you. It seems like a very nice way for you to say, yes. But I tell you what, though, I think one thing that, that being a man does... I think being able to provide for your family, for your wife, like in your case, I'm the same, same boat as you. I think I know you don't have any kids. No kids. Or, no kids. Yes. Same here. I'm, I'm married with a wife. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and living where I do, there aren't a lot of opportunities for making money. Okay. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those where we chose where we like to live. And unfortunately the jobs don't follow. Right, uh, and I'm not saying that making a lot of money makes you a man, but um, I think being a man, one thing that can help is being a little bit financially comfortable. I guess in the okay. like, hey, yeah, I could probably chop wood and make a build a fire faster than you. Sure, you definitely but, could. In that, you say you, you know, could that w- do that, <laughs> then yeah, you could do it faster than I could because I don't <laughs> think I can do that. I don't know how to chop wood. Can you start a? Right. Can you? Can you start a fire without matches? Can you? Could you start a fire without matches or lighter fluid? Oh, that would take a while. That would take. It would take me a while to figure that one out. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, you know, there's. Yeah, I'm definitely not like the bare grills of uh-huh. uh, of of the world, but uh, no, I mean, I guess I could start a fire in. I could start a fire with damp wood and some matches or a lighter and that kind of thing. You know, I, I could if, not if I had to. So it sounds like what we're saying is... But I'll be honest, it's so far from what I do every day. I'm just a normal guy. I go to uh, a job that I am way too overqualified to work in. Uh I have a college degree that I I spent 16 years getting my college degree, working my way through it, and just in time for the economy to fall out. Oh, that sucks. So, you know, so I'm working in a job where I am very underemployed. That Um, sucks. But I do have my own, you know, hey, guess what? I've got a podcast, too. Go figure. You do. Um, and and I am actually getting ready to, tomorrow I'm having my first meeting with, uh, who will be the co-host of, of, my, of an actual live show I'm going to do. Hey, nice. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, like there's there were a few seminal moments for me as far as um, podcasts and television and that kind of thing where I was like, that guy's doing the thing I've had in my brain forever, but I couldn't communicate. Um I think you've you've been on Jesse Thorne's podcast before, right? Jordan yeah. Jesse Go. I've been on Bullseye. Yeah. I've been on Bullseye. You've been on Bullseye. Okay. Yeah. You know, and and when I heard Jordan Jesse Go, 
I was like, that's what I've been going after, mm-hmm. but not ju- but I have a specific subject and I'll keep it anonymous because it's a very niche. Uh-huh. And if I said, Oh, I have, I pretty much have the podcast about this one certain subject, so okay. I'll keep it anonymous. But, um, but when I heard it, I was like, Oh, that's what I've been thirsting for. Like, that's what I like. And then when I saw your show, Maybe it was after I heard you on Bullseye. Um, it was one of the. It was an episode where you talked about fighting, which seems to be uh, almost every podcast you're on. The fight comes up somehow. Yeah, <laughs> not actually fighting the host, but talking about an old fight you were in. Um, yeah, I, I tend but, to. Uh, yeah, I have a little bit of a, a rage, a rage issue historically in my past. Yes, that's true. See, you know what? There's right there. You're more of a man than I am. No, I like- I, as far as that goes. Well, because for me, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I, I've talked my way out of so many fights. Um, I've only been in one fight. Really? And yeah, it was huge though. It was between uh, two groups of people. Remember when, um, Mike Tyson, the, the fight before he bit off Holyfield. I know exactly what you're talking about. Guys getting hit with walkie talkies and stuff in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the crazy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Whenever he, yeah, it was, it was the one right before he punched he, a right guy in the nuts. The I, think. I think he punched a guy in the nuts. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. And and, uh, and it was two groups of friends that didn't know each other had gotten together, and sure enough, out of nowhere, a fight starts. And I was trying to pull people apart, and then a friend of mine had epilepsy, and I, I saw him getting hit by three guys, and I just couldn't take it. And then I literally wound up thigh deep in a river fighting a man hold on and uh and and i actually looked at myself in the eye i looked in the mirror the other day and i still that was well over 15 years ago and i still have damage like i saw like a blood thing that's popped in my eye from getting getting popped in the eye from that that's my fight it was like okay i'm good i really Um, really like there's a few things i want to just pause there because there's a few things i like one i love that you and i have stumbled into a 2016, and you sound like a very nice guy. Two nice guys in 2016 talking about for a city for a city boy and a country boy. What is what are the definitions of modern masculinity amongst amongst nice guys? <laughs> I love that. I love that we randomly stumbled into that. I need you to tell me more details about how you wind up thigh deep fighting another man in a um, river because that to me is the most manly right. story I've ever heard so your friend he's getting beat up he's got <laughs> epilepsy you've been trying to maybe just be a peacekeeper up until then but the switch yeah, flips I'm literally holding I'm holding back at this point in time like a 230 pound and I'm not a big guy I'm holding back like a 230 pound guy from Texas named Doug and then he turns around and he's like he points it he's like Jeff he turns around and I turn around and I see my friend Jeff hitting one guy, and then I see two guys jump on top of him, hitting him in the head. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know if you've ever been around someone that had an epileptic seizure, but it ain't a pretty picture. Yeah. And so, uh, so I was like, he's gonna die, you know. Yeah. And if he gets, he's getting hit by these guys. So I literally was kind of on a hill. Here I am holding back Country Doug, <laughs> Country, and Country I take Doug. off running down this hill. And right as I get to the guy who's punching my friend in the head, I go, hey. And right as he looks up, I clock him right in the nose. Wow. With all my might behind me running down a hill. And I hit him, and I fell over him. And as I went to stand up, one of his buddies just, bam, clocked me. Yeah. And this and is, you've I never been in a fight before. This is the only fight you've ever been in. No, but no, but I, but I, I, and this isn't going to be the same, but I wrestled in high school, so I knew how to move. Sure. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and you knew about contact. To... You weren't jarred by the actual physical contact with another human being. Right, right, right. And, and, and that's what saved me was that the guy came at me another time, and I basically just did a double leg sweep on him and took him down. Yeah. And, and so I'm on top of the guy, and I'm dazed because I've just, you know, been rocked in the temple, basically, in my eye. And so I, uh, I go to stand, like, I'm, I'm like holding the guy down. My friends think that I'm hitting one of our other friends. And uh. because he had big red crazy hair, like uh, Krusty the Clown, everybody called him Krusty. Yeah. Well, it turns out, hey, guess what? We're not the only fucking geniuses who think that a guy with big crazy red hair should be named Krusty the Clown. So turns out this guy that I'm, I'm currently on top of holding down and, you know, mildly punching every once in a while, his name's Krusty too. So as my friends are picking me up, I'm like, it's not our Krusty. 
And uh, so that guy would come up after me. So it kept happening. They'd pick me up, and we're easing our way. And it was a house that was really close to a river where as I stand up, he comes after me, I fall back on top of him. But each time we do that, we're like moving a foot towards this riverbank. This is crusty. And then basically everybody just kind of forgot about us. And so, uh, so I, you know, I'm, you know, the guy would like, you know, he just was worn out and he, he had no stamina. So he's like kind of punching me on the side. And so then he's basically sitting on the bank of this river. I'm thigh deep in the river. And, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a small guy, but I'm not a, you know, uh, I'm not a fat kid. Yeah. But I'm not small, you know, right. like, I'm, you know, I got a little bit of a belly, but I'm not like, you're not like, look at the fat kid over there. Right. You're like a broad, so, you're a broad shouldered so, gentleman. Right. Exactly. You yeah. know? And, uh, so he goes, uh, and so basically I just have him in a bear hug and, you know, in a river, worn out. in it's a in, river, in, in a ri- I'm in a river. He's basically his feet are in the river. I'm in the river. I like, I'm, I'm at like, if you step back, it would look like I was filleting the guy, you know, because he's on the bank and I'm a little bit more in the river. Okay. So you're holding him face level to his crutch. Okay. Well, go on. Go on. I interrupted. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah maybe a little more abdominish, abdominish. Okay, and uh, okay. so he's like, uh, look at me, fat boy. Wow. Look at me. Look at me. And I'm going to punch you in the fucking eye. And I was like, and I literally was just so worn out and sarcastic. I said, that would just be fucking stupid. And I just reached up. And clocked him in the temple. He went back, and then I wandered off. And I literally that night put a stake on my eye. You did, <laughs> like in the fucking cartoon. Well, that's the most. That's the most. That's the most masculine thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> in a gang <laughs> fight, we have. Like, I'm telling you, Chris. Yeah. If you saw me, you'd be like, "Oh, that guy. He looks like Zach Galifianakis." Still, that's great. You know, like that. That like like honestly, like like picture Zach Galifianakis now. But with less hair, that's that's me. Did you your know? beard smell like steak for like days? Uh, oh, back then, that was a long time ago. I think I had like kind of a wispy goatee, maybe okay. like a Van Dyke or something uh-huh. like that. And you know that that again, that was fifteen, sixteen years yeah. ago. So, you but know. you've been in a fight where you you it was a gang fight that you tried to do the right thing, stay out of, then saved an epileptic, and then got dragged into a river and had like a biblical scene of triumph in a river, a river-bound scene. That's incredible. You have a wonderful way of framing that. Well, I mean, you gave me all the info on that. That's I, I would say oh, yeah, no, in this contest we've been staging in this phone call over who is more masculine, I would say that's you, you just won hands down. This seems like a real good time for us to take a break. See, I'm jumping in the middle. We tease it. You want to come back for more? We'll get back to the conversation right after this. Today's show is sponsored by Howl.fm, which is like Netflix for podcasts. With Howl Premium, you get exclusive access to a brand new Howl original comedy series, The Mysterious Secrets of Uncle Bertie's Botanarium, starring Jemaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. You follow a ship, the Jewel of the Gravy Isles, on a mission to find the source of pleasure in the world, Heaven's Clover. Clearly, this is a podcast unlike any other. It's also got a rich, detailed sound design and original music produced by an outstanding creative team from New Zealand. And I cannot imagine how weird this one's going to get. With Howl Premium, you also get exclusive access to over 120 hours of Howl miniseries. You get audio documentaries like The Complete Woman, Finding the Funny with the Sklar Brothers, and Issa Rae's Fruit. You get 80 comedy albums, archives, WTF, Comedy Bang Bang, How Did This Get Made? They're all there. You get access to all of it on your iPhone, Android, whatever, the web, $4.99 a month. And with the promo code BEAUTIFUL, you get a full month free trial. Redeem the code. You go to the web, Howell.fm. That's H-O-W-L.fm. Use the promo code BEAUTIFUL for a one-month free trial. Howell Premium. Check out the mysterious secrets of Uncle Bertie's Botanarium, along with dozens of other things, hundreds of other things, thousands of other things. Check it out, Howell.fm. Okay, it's time to return to our call. In this contest we've been staging in this phone call over who is more masculine, I would say that's you, you just won hands down. There's no way. You yeah, but you know what? Like, you also had, like, and, and again, I don't think we'll arrive at a great definition of it, but like, uh-huh. uh, you know, like, I, I, here you had the balls to to do something that other people wouldn't um, as far as like taking on a TV, like taking on a, a web series to begin with and then fighting for that web series to get on television and 
fighting for it to get a second season. And me, I just show up to work and do the same damn thing every other every day. And, you know, a little bit on the side I'm trying to do something. I'm not making money off of a podcast in that kind of thing, you know, right. but it's just something more as a hobby kind of thing. But you've like, you've been a man, you've put yourself out there trying to say like, well, this is me. I don't care what you think about me. I'll put a t-shirt on. I'll talk about, I'll put a t-shirt on and write something about it. I'll tell you that I like the Smiths. Um, you know, like. You somehow just made my love of the Smiths part of my masculinity, which is a, uh, not the best strategy for proving my masculinity is mentioning my love of the Smiths. (laughs) I mean, you you have the balls to say that though. Well, that's good. I can make a public access TV show and have panic attacks about it. And I'm really glad that you like it. It means a lot that you respect me for that. It's awesome. But you can look in the mirror and see a blood mark in your eye from when you got in a river fight. That's the shit. It's the best. <laughs> a river fight. That's awesome. I'm gonna. I'm gonna definitely tell my wife that one. When you look in the mirror. When fight. you look in the mirror, because you said you said you still have a thing in your eye, right, from the fight. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. you look at it, do you feel like, oh man, violence is bad? Does it get you emotional? Or are you like, I, I, I won that river fight. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm fifty-fifty on that one. Yeah. I, if I had just been a drunken asshole, like. Like my friends who started the fight, like the drunken asshole friends who started the fight, those guys, those guys were, you know, if, if I had been one of them, if I'd been the guy who I saw throw a full glass stein of beer at somebody who was standing on the side and had nothing to do with it, you know, I'd feel like a jerk then. But, you know, I'd seen my friend have seizures and I knew what was going to happen if he continued to get pounded in the head. So you did the so right like thing? That, yeah, no. Um, honestly, more when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm like, ah, I bet cops probably think I'm stoned. Because it's just uh, red. <laughs> my yeah. right eye is just kind of red. I get and that. And so when I am actually stoned, I'm like, uh, I'm going to have to explain that uh, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, that's yeah. awesome. All right. So we've talked – so far we've, t- we've had an unexpected conversation about manhood. We heard about a river right. fight. We talked about right. um, you let me know that you you enjoy my version of fighting uh, artistically. That's very nice. Where, where else do you want to go with this? What else do we want to do? We want to follow this manhood, manhood thing. You want to tell me more about what the outdoors are like? My wife often tells me that she wants to go camping with me, and I always say I'll do it. Yeah. And she's often like, uh, yeah, I, I can tell that it's not your thing, but we should try it. But I'm scared. I don't want to go camping. It sounds terrifying. It sounds really yeah, scary. You know, I bet uh, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, I've hiked, I've I've hiked, uh, uh, I've hiked the entire Appalachian Trail. Come on, from man. Georgia to Maine. Come on, man. Years ago, years ago. You're the man. And, we're in a contest. Uh, we're trying to figure out who's more of a man. You just won. You just won. I have a web oh, series. No, I did, I, I, How many oh, people were you? The last thing I'd want to do is, I, the last thing I'd want to do is have a manhood contest. But I, I, I that, started that, it. That to me. No, you're just a sharing contest. Makes you less of a man. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I've been the one forcing it. But, I've been um, the one forcing it. It's true. Touche, my friend. But it's okay. It's okay, though. I mean, it's your show. But um, I'll be honest. A lot of my favorite parts of the Appalachian Trail were in New York and New Jersey, believe it or not. Wow. Now, wait. Hold um, on. I have a couple questions, if that's okay for context. How many yeah. How many people were you with when you hiked the Appalachian Trail? Um, well, I hiked it by myself. I knew you were going to say um, that. But, I knew you were going to say every that. Year, every year, several thousand people attempt it. Right. No, and, I know that. And that's you uh, giving so, the nice you know, answer. Several thousand people, so you cross with other people along the way. But you went down to Georgia by yourself, and you just started walking by yourself. Why would you do it? Did you have something? Was it a goal for the physical challenge, the outdoorsman challenge? Did you have something in your soul that you needed to sort out? Was that the way you did it? What prompted you to walk that whole distance by yourself? You did this all in one stretch, one one. Yeah, six months. Six um, months on the trail. I had hit a wall as far as school went with what I was doing. I wasn't a great student, and I think it was mainly because I didn't know what I was there for. I was just, you know, taking English 101 and that kind of thing, you know, and getting the getting those bullshit classes out of the way, but had no idea what I wanted to do. And so uh, you, you'll find a lot of people who hike the Appalachian Trail are at a crossroads in life. They are either retiring, they had a death close to them, uh, they had, they've been laid off, 
they just graduated high school or they just graduated college. Um, something changed in life. Now, now there's plenty of people who set out and have been planning for years and years and years, like this is going to be the year that I do it. And so, uh, for me, it was, it just was, a I have, I have no idea what to do in life. And so I read some things about it. You got some decisions yeah, to make. My own personal crossroads, a college crossroads. Uh-huh. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that's what you find. And you find a lot of people out there who are just, uh, literally just kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Um, yeah. And, and right now you have a lot of people who, uh, went off to Iraq and Afghanistan and the world's changed while they were gone. And so you have a lot of uh, veterans who are also hyped. So you're meeting some people out there, a lot of people soul searching, a lot of people soul searching. Yeah. You're doing soul searching about your, your schooling, your future. You got soldiers out there. You got people with death. So I want to know more about this. So first of all, you said New Jersey, New York, beautiful. I'm glad to hear that. Those, that's my area of the world. Yeah. Not many people say New Jersey's beautiful. Very proud Jersey man. Glad to hear you say that. Yeah. Definitely the further west you go, the better, as far as the hiking goes. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little town called Williamston. Okay. I'm pretty sure every state has a Williamston, but it's like either Williams or Williamston, and it's on the New Jersey-New York border, so I can't remember which one it is. But, uh, I mean, there, there, there are just sections where you're just hiking through beautiful fields, like yeah. not necessarily rugged mountain areas, just these beautiful fields. Um, and then you'll pop up to a mountain for a little while, go for a little ways, but there's gotta be some place in, in, in New York, New, in New Jersey, where you could, uh, you and your wife could find a place to go camping. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure there's a, a good state park that you could probably go to for one night. They probably have showers there that you could use uh-huh. I and like that, that kind of thing. Or, um, you know, the other thing to look into, here's what you do. Mm-hmm. Glamping. G-L-A-M-P-I-N-G. Glamour camping. Glamour camping. Yeah. Have you heard of it before? I have. Yes. I'm into it. That sounds okay. like my style of camping. But listen, we've taken the diversion to you recommending campgrounds with showers to me. I want to know more about this trail. You're out there six months. You don't get cell phone reception. Right. This. You're amongst these people who are soul searchers. Do you ever feel in danger? What's the most danger you felt in out on the trail? Um, now, I hiked in the 90s, so it was pre-cell phone. Okay. And... Uh, I hiked the same year that they were looking for Eric Rudolph, the uh, the Olympic bomber. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they actually found him not far from there. But um, so uh, the year I hiked, that was the big story. There was that, and then there were some bank robbers out there that had basically just like taken money, and then were just like hiding by hiking. And uh, but uh, let's see, I was probably two and a half feet away from a. A, uh, a bear cub. Um, literally, you know, like you, you I, I, here's what, I, here's the way I put it to people. I say every other day, if you average it out, you meet somebody who, if you met them on the street, you'd be like, Oh, that's a crazy person. Yeah. Um, and, but it wasn't always like, there were only two or three times where I was like, I'm going to keep on moving yeah. where I thought I was going to stop for the night. I'm going to keep on pushing on because this person's giving me a wild, uh, you know, a weird vibe. Or something do you remember like any of those people um, specifically? That, that only happened a few times. I'm sorry. Does, do Do you remember any of those people? Spe- do you remember any of the actual incidents where you're like, actually, I'm gonna, like, would you remember what the actual triggers were for you to get up? Like, what someone said or did where you're like, I think I'm gonna move on. I think I'm gonna get a couple miles between us. Um, the there was a guy who they thought was Eric Rudolph. So you and were on the Appalachian. Yeah, hold on one second though, just to underline this. Yeah. You were on the Appalachian Trail, and you wound up camping at some point with a man who people suspected, other people you were amongst, other people who were all crossing together in this time thought, this may be the guy the who... Police. The police. The police. The, the, the police came and picked him up the day after I was there. So there was a guy you were... shelter. <laughs> so so yeah. you were with the guy who was so visibly yeah. crazy, they thought he was the guy who bombed the Olympics. Yeah, they picked him up twice. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They picked up twice. And uh, so, but at the time, I, I didn't think it was the guy, you know, because again, no internet, not thinking like, uh, you know, wasn't, I wasn't really paying much attention to it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, came to find out the day after we were there, they picked him up. But he was just like, I remember he told me, uh, he said, oh, you know, because a lot of things that like on the Appalachian Trail and, and, and you know, and 
other long distance trails, you need to get off the trail to do, to get like your food. Right. And you can mail it to yourself in uh, boxes to post offices. There's this whole, you know, hostels or things like that, or, or you just go to a grocery store and just go buy your food. So you need to get into town sometime. Right. And this, where we were camping just happened to be close to a place where there was a road crossing and he told us, uh, don't go into town. All the post offices have uh, armored guards and metal detectors, and they're just looking. Uh, I mean, it was you know just like just the the, the rantings of a psychopath, the paranoid and uh, a paranoid delusional and so he left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very paranoid. Uh, my favorite was I remember one time he told us uh, um, in the same conversation that Bill Clinton didn't exist um, because Bill Clinton was supposed to give a speech at this one place where he lived in Ohio, I guess. And it was rain and he was supposed to give a speech outside and it was raining. And so since it was raining, they moved the event inside and they wouldn't let him inside. And so he was like, well, obviously Bill Clinton doesn't exist then, you know? So, so are you with this guy when the police pick him up? No, no. Then I found out, I found out two or three days later from a friend of ours who was like a day behind and you wind up here hiking in clusters and meeting people. And some people meet on day one and hike the whole way. Uh, some people will just kind of, just kind of chill and, you know, hop from group to group or stay by themselves or something like that. So mm-hmm. three days afterwards, uh, they were like, Oh my God, you guys just missed it. Like the guys in black wing tip shoes came out of the woods with badges and were like, come with us and questioned a lot of people. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, like, so you get those people out there and, uh, like, uh, this year, this, this past year, there was a guy who they found he had been hiding for eight years. He had, um, Oh God, what did he do? He had embezzled from like Coca-Cola or Pepsi, like a local Coca-Cola bottler, like millions of dollars. And then his house mysteriously burned down and he disappeared. And he was out and, on the trail. Uh, it took him eight years, and he had he had just been hiking, just been living out on the East Coast on the Appalachian Trail for eight years. So there's actual, and, there's like uh, an actual yeah. criminal subculture to the Appalachian Trail. I think, well, yeah, but I mean, I think if you get enough, you know, vagabond-esque kind of people, I mean, it, it would be very easy to hide in that group because all you basically have to do is not shower and not shave. Mm-hmm. and just have the gear that looks like what other gear people have, and you're one of the faceless white guys with brown hair with a beard and brown eyes. And do you and, have to register? Uh, do you have to like sign in along it. the trail? How do they track it? How do the police... Do you have, do you have to... Um, is there any accountability on the Appalachian Trail, or are there actual, there's actual potential that if you do this, you're going to meet up with actual oh. unaccounted for psychopaths who are completely off the grid? Yeah, well, you know, another crazy story is that, like, in, in 08, 09, during the recession, they were, uh, you know, closing down mental facilities because they didn't have funding anymore. And they would just literally drop people off at, like, the road crossing and be like, well, that way you can go to Georgia, and that way you can go to Maine. Here's some food, and here's all your clothes. See ya. And that was really, it was literally like dropping a dog off at the, you know, at the dump or something, you know, like, here you go, have fun. We can't afford to pay, you know, for you anymore. Bye-bye. So do you bring weapons with so you? that kind of thing would happen. Like you, you, you're a well-spoken guy. You've cle- you clearly do your research before you get into something like this. Do you bring a gun? Do you bring a, a knife? What, what do you bring? Um, th- th- probably the number one most asked question is, do you have a gun? And the number one answer is no with most people. Um, so people ask do, each other all the time. The other thing is you're, you're going through 14 different states. Yeah. You're going through a bunch of national forests, national parks, uh, state parks. And so the, so you would have to kind of know the, the regulations for every single place where you go. And that's just kind of tough to do. I'm sure somebody has it figured out, but, um, but no, you personally, no, honestly, uh, you personally, what's your protection ahead. method? I'm sure you've had to think about this. When you're out there with that ranting schizophrenic, there must be a part of you that's like, what's your, what's your setup? What's your, you don't have a gun, but you personally, what's your, okay, if shit goes down, here's how I handle it. What's your, what's your plan of attack, literally? Oh, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's my unmanly, uh, hey, I'm going to try and talk my fucking way out of this thing and I'm going to try and level with somebody or, um, you know, I think if it's an attack and it just happens, 
I don't know what I would do. I do I mean I do carry a, a knife, but it's nothing like uh you know, it's not like a seven inch fixed blade, you know, something you'd see in the back of Boys Life magazine or something, you know, what I mean it's like uh, you know, it's something for opening packages to eat food. Right. Um yeah, I I don't really have a great 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 plan, I'll be honest. I mean it's just kinda of one of those where those things are so few and far between. Uh, I think more than likely you have to worry more about either an injury or a uh, or some type of or you know stepping on a rattlesnake accidentally or okay. you know something like that. Because I'll tell you, as a from the you have told me, as a person who's never gone hiking, who grew up in an area of the world that's very uh, urban by most standards, right? I've always romanticized the Appalachian Trail. As this place of like right. Zen peace, you go to figure yourself out, like you said. I didn't realize there was such an element of criminals hiding and them actually opening the gates to mental hospitals and just unleashing patients into the woods. I didn't realize that. <laughs> You've now painted this picture but in my know, head where not- it's it's a terrifying it's a terrifying uh, race from Georgia to Maine to see if you can survive. That's what I now have in my head. Well, you know what, though? You're around so many other people who range from having never gone camping before to they've hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, the Long Trail. They've done everything. I've heard of one of those. Um, you know, you run the gamut between all of those. And, uh, you know, it, it, it honestly, truthfully, with 2000 to this year, they're expecting, you know, they had that movie come out, A Walk in the Woods. Um, you know, the Robert Redford, uh, Nick Nolte movie that came out. And then the year before you had the Reese Witherspoon movie, Wild. I saw that one. All of them about hiking long distance trails. Uh, this year is expected to be the biggest year ever. And um, so uh, they're expecting, you know, anywhere from the averages between two and 3,000 people start, but usually only about 200 to 250 finish. So did so you find just, uh, out? Do you did you feel like when you got to Maine, you had found out what you needed to find out about yourself? Uh, well, I knew that I did not want to go into business. Um, that was what I was heading towards, like a business degree. And I was like, eh. No, I think the only thing you know, I I joke with a lot of people. So the one thing you learn whenever you hike two thousand plus miles in a mat, you know, all in one stretch is you realize you do not need to get the closest spot at the grocery store. Um, like, you can just park out in the middle of nowhere and walk in, you know, whereas people will spend their whole, you know, spend five minutes trying to find the closest spot to get in the Whole Foods or something like that. It's like, eh, fuck it, I'll walk. Right. Um, I think my biggest thing is I took a much more laissez-faire attitude with, with life in general because it was kind of like, boy, you know, you find out a lot of things that just don't matter. So you felt like you, you really figured some stuff to. out. You felt like you really figured out life yeah. out there on the trail. I figured out life, but yeah, but yeah. Did yeah. you know your wife before but, that, or did you meet your wife after you after you had this trail experience? I met her afterwards, and we uh, we we hiked part of the Pacific Crest Trail as part of our honeymoon. Oh wow! So we hiked a little bit in California for a honeymoon, and, and was um, she a hiker before so yeah. you guys met? Was she into it already, or did you bring her into this world? Yes, she she was. That's actually how we met. Was in uh, in school for uh, outdoor recreation. So you went back to school. You ditched business. For, you went for outdoor recreation. Yeah, which basically means you know welfare. I mean, it's <laughs> those jobs don't exist anymore. Right. Those jobs are gone. Remember, remember the government shut down. The first thing that happened. All right, we're closing down the parks. Oh, so you were thinking All park right. ranger. You were thinking maybe a park ranger type, a professional outdoorsman of sorts. What I wanted to do more than anything, I, I wanted to take people into the woods, um, and that 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 market kind of went away um, in a little bit. But uh, uh, what I've done more in the past has been things like team building, uh, ropes courses, uh, you know, just the things that you know, like when the company goes, "Oh, we're going to go team building," yeah, and they either go work on a challenge course or they all you know, work together to try and get untangled from this thing, you know, with all these different little games you can play with them. That's more what I've done with my degree, but I am not using my degree now, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. You, you don't, it doesn't sound like you're totally psyched that that's what it went towards. No, 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 no. Like, like I literally do not tell even my friends the job that I have. I, I, oh, that's a I put a little label on it and, uh, 
it's not fulfilling in any way. And it's not, um, <laughs> as, as my co-host on my podcast says, she's like, it's nobody's calling. And it's like, yeah, you're exactly right. No one was called to do my job. <laughs> That's a bummer though. Cause I tell you, you're like a really well-spoken dude. You, you really have a lot to say and you've been through all, you've had all these life experiences and you've sorted them out and you can explain them. And it, it really is heartbreaking to me that you're doing a thing that, uh, that you're not psyched about. That's, that's sad. It seems to me like a person who has so much passion and so much ability to speak eloquently about his passion. It seems to me like, uh, like, like that, like there's, uh, there's no way, there's no way you should, that should become, that, that should become a permanent aspect of your life. There's no way you should be doing a job you're ashamed of. So you, you just. Well, well then let me ask you this. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's veer off the manhood thing. Okay. Because you won. Thing you won. Say, not only did you, you win, in my, your, your wife, I don't mean, that? I'm not saying your wife sounds masculine, but it sounds like your wife just being on the, just being on the Pacific Coast Trail, like. You're like uh, I'm. I'm. I've never felt more like a uh, weak stereotype of a northeasterner than I do right now. Never. No. Well, my my wife is a badass. My wife Sounds is like a, a certified badass, and 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 she's much more of a badass than 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 I am for for more reasons than I would rather get into on this. I mean, she's just she's amazing. Um, but uh, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, thank you for everything you said. And, 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 and I feel the same way. I feel like I am a little bit trapped that I can, but what if you were in this situation and you were stuck, you know, in a little bit of a, uh, like I need money to, to keep up the household. And, and I'll tell you this other thing. My wife is disabled. So I'm the only one that's actually earning income. Okay. Um, she's not on disability, but she is disabled. She gets written. Like if you looked at her, you'd be like, oh yeah, she's fine. But she has some cognitive issues. Okay. Um, so she can't really hold down a tough job and make a lot of money and that kind of thing. So I'm pretty much the only one doing it. So like I'm kind of in that, hey, I have to make money. I have to have a steady job that provides both of us with insurance, you know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 kind of stuff like that. But let's say you're in my position and you do have other passions for either you know, like I said, like a podcast or what I'm hoping to pull off of, like what I'm hoping to pull off is a, a, a part, um, part game show, part happiness therapy. Part game show, part happiness therapy. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, pulling the positivity that you, that you have on your show was really the inspiration. Thanks, man. Two things, mythology and, in, and inspiration and positivity. That's the positivity and, and mythology because who the fuck else has a guy named the fish? Yeah, we you got know, the, and can we pull got it the off, fish, and it's yeah. a great character. Well, thank you. you. Know? And, and and so yeah, but I mean, so what would you, what would your next step be? Well, I know that's a tough one. It that's is a really tough one. Opening. And also, I'll say this: like it, when you mention that your wife is disabled on some level, and insurance is a necessity, it's a game changer because it's easy. It's very easy to say to someone who doesn't, you know, like it's because it, people have said this, said similar things to me before. And I think especially, you know, I, doing a public access TV show where I was kind of eating shit publicly, but very clearly right. very happily doing it. I think a lot of people have said to me, like, I want my version of like that path. You found that path that kept you happy while you built it. That's nice. It's very, very easy for me to say to like someone Who's like I, I'm? All I want to go for is that. But the insurance, I mean, you can't fuck around. That's a, that's such a tough call. So I'm really, right. I feel out of my depth saying that. But it does sound to me like you're such a thoughtful guy who thinks really hard about um, this stuff and who has a game plan. Like, so this game show is this aimed? This game show slash happiness therapy is this like a live experience? Is this something you want televised or put on the internet? Um, it, it would be. It would be. Um, by the first couple it would just be live. Um, in my small town. Uh-huh. Uh, small college town. Okay, so I do have that's always a good sign. An audience of educated people, uh-huh. um, and uh, a thriving, a thriving uh, uh, brewery industry around us. Okay, you know, small, small time breweries, that kind of thing. So we have venues that we can work in. Well, I'll tell you um, what, you, and, s- you sound like yeah. you're a really thoughtful guy. You sound like you really thought hard about this, and it sounds to me like, uh, like, like. It, the answer, sadly, is that you're going to have to keep working your gig that you don't love and just double up on work until the thing you want to do generates enough momentum that you can walk away. It doesn't sound like to me, yeah. I, my advice always to people generally is like, well, you need to just cut off all the shit you don't love and go do the thing you love and just make it happen. But if you have a wife 
who is uh who who needs insurance and you're the provider of that insurance you really can't fuck around like that but it sounds to me like you might oh, no. be you might need to become one of these people who just doesn't sleep who just uh works the gig that gets you the insurance and then also has another gig where you where you're forcing the issue and making the other things happen um is the only yeah. real answer but it also sounds like you've done yeah, a lot of thought and you've put a lot of thought into it and laid a lot of track into making that happen i feel like you get this uh you get this game show going. You get Krusty in there. You get Country Doug. The whole thing is set on the riverbank. I can't see how this game show is going to miss. <laughs> how could it? How could it fail? Yeah, yeah all, no, every yeah. episode. Yeah. Every episode of your game show ends in a brutal gang fist fight in some sort of natural setting. I love that. <laughs> fight with fight with sticks and leaves somehow. And, yeah, uh, that sounds like a real fire. money maker. Real money maker, <laughs> yeah. if you ask me. Uh, but I think my, my my biggest and and you know what you said exactly what my my thought pattern has been is that well obviously I have to have a job a nine to five ish um, that brings in enough money that lets me do my thing but it will allow me to you know have my evenings to be able to do this you know right. once a month kind of show and also to to continue the podcast that I, that I have and. And uh, yeah, and just kind of keep on working away at that. So yeah, that, that's you. You pretty much just echoed what goes on in my brain while I'm doing my mundane job every single day. Like yeah, that. you sound like you thought a lot about it until you can get home and work on shit. Definitely. Can I ask? I don't. I, 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 if this is too sensitive, by all means, feel free to just say like, "Hey, I don't want to go there." Can I ask? Was your when you met your wife? Was she suffering, or did something happen while you guys were already together? Was it uh, did life throw uh, you a loop that way? Some, Something happened after uh, we'd been married for a few years. Um, I won't go into it because in the, I've talked about it on my podcast enough that it would very, be very easy for someone to figure it out. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, and I know that's a silly thing to say that, you know, but um, yeah, whatever not you that I have share. That, many, that many listeners. But yeah, but no, it was something that happened afterwards and uh, uh, a very rare condition. Okay. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's such I'll a curveball. Because i one ball. thing, and she was disabled beforehand. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Yeah, based on I'm what... I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, based on the last 44 minutes of us talking, that would have been the most out-of-character thing you could have said. You sound like such a thoughtful outdoorsman, <laughs> and then to all of a sudden just throw the disabled under the bus seems like it would have been really out of left field. So I, I think we all yeah. knew you were kidding. Have you ever thought about? Have you ever thought about wandering back into the woods again to sort out these profession issues? Have you ever thought about taking a? I'm, I, you can't take a full six months again. But do you ever think about no, going commuting? Take a full six months. How do you commune but, um, with nature do, to get these future these future decisions nailed down? Well, that's that's why I live where I live. Um, you know, I, I'm originally from a large from a large town and uh, just couldn't get to the areas that I wanted to get to to enjoy hiking and biking and that kind of thing. And so now that I live where I live, I'm able to do that kind of thing uh, a little bit more regularly when I'm not when I'm not working. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so I do get to do it uh, short communes with nature, uh, short constitutionals. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I am a, I am able to get out and 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 uh, and enjoy nature. And I live in the middle of nowhere, which is what I've wanted. It like my dream as a kid was I wanted to live on top of a mountain. Before the internet, I wanted to live on top of a mountain, and I wanted to do my job from my house. And you know, hopefully one day I'll still be able to do that. So, so you got the mountain part now with down, the internet and that kind of thing. Mountain part but down, that, the mountain part you got nailed down, huh? Exactly, exactly. But uh, but yeah, but every once in a while I do I do go well, you know. But the jobs are back in the city. Be a really? lot easier to make money in a place that I don't enjoy living, but I think that is the the delicate balance that uh, that also keeps my my brain from 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 scrambling. You know, does your wife still get to enjoy the outdoors? Sorry to keep bringing it back around to her, but it seems like such a major oh, thing. Oh no, it's fine. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. She she still gets to enjoy the outdoors. A little bit more limited capacity now. Yeah, not as long. Like we don't do a lot of long trips or anything like that. But she could do an overnight trip. She. uh she um, is an assistant, one of the assistant scoutmasters for uh, a local scout troop um, that just started. So she's going to be working with them, doing that kind of thing with the little kids. But uh, so, yeah, so she's uh, she's able to do it and still still get out there and do things occasionally, just not quite as hardcore as she used to be. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, here's what I've learned about you. We got we got a few minutes left if you still want them. I'm down to keep talking because I feel like here's what I've learned thus far. 
is I'm on the phone okay. with a uh, a rugged a rugged uh, a rugged yet thoughtful mountain man whose heart is full of love. That's how I would describe you <laughs> in one in one <laughs> sentence well, fragment. Thank you. A rugged but thoughtful well, well, mountain I, man whose heart is full of love. I, I, yeah, and, and but but I do walk around with a look on my face so people go, I don't want to talk to that guy. Really? What are you talking about? Yeah. Why? Uh, you know, I just have one of those faces where it's just like I just, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm not walking around with a big smile on my face. So I think when I do talk to people, it does surprise them. Uh, I'm not really a big social guy, but yeah. um, get me behind a microphone, or in this case, the microphone of a phone, and I can do it. <laughs> so I- inside, you're a philosopher. Outside, you're a man. Uh, to the world, you're a man of few words. But inside, there's a brewing, bubbling cauldron of thought at all times. I am wearing a pair of pair of bright pink socks. Does that knock my manhood down at all? No, I would say that the confidence that that displays only enhances it. Only enhances it. <laughs> I've had diarrhea for three straight days. That's that's where I'm at. You win. Oh, wow. Pink socks, See, yeah. That, this is what I feel bad about is that we've been on the phone the whole time and we yeah. haven't really talked about your diarrhea. That's okay. What's been going on? I don't know. I think I, I was visiting my parents down in Florida. We got some uh, Chinese food. I think it was weird. That's my guess. It's been a struggle for the past three days. But yeah, you don't uh, have to feel bad about not asking me about the diarrhea I never mentioned. This took a weird I turn. Know, but this still, was really I, like peaceful I, and thoughtful, and now all of a sudden we're talking about my diarrhea. Well, you know what happens. People get diarrhea, and it's not fun. And, yeah, I, and not that I don't think its original intention was to be fun. But, uh, but yeah, no, I got that. Hey, hey, here, let's tie it back in. So uh-huh. have you ever heard of a thing called Giardia? Giardia, no. Giardia. Um, so Giardia is a waterborne illness you can get uh-huh. that um, I wound up getting when I did hike the Appalachian Trail years ago. Really? And I got it when I was in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And I literally just, it, you, you either projectile vomit or, uh, uh, sorry, his coworker just pulled up. Or, there we go. Um, you either have diarrhea or vomit. And sometimes both at the same time. <laughs> and it's just a nasty illness you can get. Yeah, sorry and to so laugh, but it sounds hilarious. It. No, it's, it's great. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, it is one of those things where I shit 16 times in a day. Solid. Like it's just like, just horrible, horrible, like nonstop. And uh, uh, yeah, like it just, it went on and on and on. And uh so yeah, so it, until I got to a uh, to a doctor a few days later, and then the the medicine they give you for that, the name is almost more embarrassing than having Giardia. It's called Flagyl, and you're like, ah, there's got to be a better name for, you know, flatulence slash shitting medication than Flagyl. <laughs> they put you, but, you know, they put you on the Flagyl. Yeah, you, you get you get on the flagel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So wait, when you're out in the woods, so wait, wait, wait. So you you drink bread water. It sounds you should have filtered the water better. Or something sounds like should. I don't know how yeah, life. You got to boil I, I it. I missed a step in the filtration. Yep. So you drink it. Animals have probably been doing their business in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you drink it. Probably, and, probably more. Yeah, probably more worried about like the people that are around your water source. You know, right? They pee near it or if they pooped too close to the water source or something like that, then that can, but yeah, but I have no idea what causes it. I think it's just a microbe of some kind that right. gets in there. And So but, all, um, all jokes aside, do you is, think you're dying? Like when you're on, when you've shit the 11th time in a day, are you like, wow, I could, I could dehydrate and die out here on this trail. I better go get that flagell right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and luckily I was in the white mountains and they, uh, there are these beautiful, that's another thing you should look into. There are these beautiful huts. In uh-huh. the White Mountains, that okay. you, you could hike a little bit too, but then you're there and they feed you dinner, and you're looking at Mount Washington. Ooh. I mean, like you know, that, that you guys could you guys could do a trip up that to New like Hampshire, good... and you, you could tolerate it. Nice, you could do it. That sounds like a good trip it, for me but, and my uh, wife. So tell me more about what it's like yeah. to have diarrhea out in the wilderness, though. Before we get too romantic. Yeah, well, so you 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 know you have to dig a hole. You know, uh-huh. you have to dig a six inch what they call a cat hole. Um, and so you dig the hole and then you go and then you put the, put the dirt back in then you find a stick somewhere around there uh-huh. and you, and you make what they call poop soup. 
Um, so you wait. Can you just say that one more time? Because I think I know what you said, yeah. but I need you to repeat. I need yeah, you to yeah, repeat. Yeah. It. We can uh, we, we can isolate it so you can have it for a drop later. Poop soup. Thank you. And uh, thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. And so you stir it. And uh, wait, why do you stir it? Oh, uh, just to kind of get it to work with the dirt, and you know, so it's not just like a solid. You know, think about crushed ice versus a big block of ice. It's going to be a lot easier for it to break down if it's in a small, if it's all mixed up. It'll break down a lot easier than if you just had one big humping bird there. So, but what feels horrible is when you're when you're digging your sixteenth cat hole to literally just shit water into, and <laughs> I can just hear you trying to hold it on the other side. But yeah, so you just dig a hole, make your poop soup, and then, you know, go on about your way. Now, if you're out west, sometimes they make you burn your, your, your toilet paper. And there are other places that make you, like if you were to go on the Grand Canyon, if you were to, if you were to do a river trip on the Grand Canyon, like, you basically uh-huh. shit into a five-gallon bucket with a lid. Wow. And you take that thing with you the whole way. You got to carry that out. Got to get that shit out of there quite literally, Chris. No, wait, hold on. When they when you stay on the West Coast, sometimes you got to burn it. What happens if you don't? Like, does someone track you down and say, like, hey, we're going to write well, you I a think ticket? It's a matter of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, we've been tracking your shit. Um, I think it's just kind of a uh, – there, there's a there's – a, there's a set of ethics called the leave no trace ethics, um, LNT principles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it basically just kind of tells you the, the, you know, the, you know, it's, it's a, it's a more scientific version of the old, like take only pictures, leave only footprints kind of bullshit yeah, yeah. that goes along with the outdoors. But, um, but, but yeah, so the leave, leave no, if you're, if your listeners are interested, leave no trace.org, I believe, or LNT.org. Look so it up. You, this but, is your uh, thing. Yeah. This is awesome. I, I really like that. I got yeah. a chance to talk to someone who lives a life. You, 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 you've, you've committed to a set of principles that are very, uh, it's weird. I think I see, I see why you and I have clicked. I see why you say that some of the stuff I've said, um, clicks. I see how the principles are in there, but your approach to them has been all about, all through means that I would have no experience with and, and real fear about. Real fear about. Well, can I ask you one last question and then I'll let, I'll let you go. Uh huh. So if, if, if part of my goal for my next project is kind of helping make it, making people feel happy, yeah, what have you found to be like the most successful way of making someone who's having a bad day feel better? Like in, in the inter- on a stage, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. in that kind of setting. Well, that's, that's a deceptively huge question, as you know. Yeah. I As it feel, came out, I was like, fuck. No, 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 it's good. It's good. I mean, for me, I'm lucky that I'm a comedian because I feel like I always, I, I really do feel like, man, like laughter, get people laughing and, and uh, it gives them the, it gives them the breathing room to maybe like push away from some of the stuff that is dragging them down. So that's nice. But you know what I found most of all is like, uh, it is, it always loops back around to honesty, right? It always loops around to honesty. Like, I feel like, uh. If people feel like you're really being yourself, then you're allowing them to maybe see part of themselves and what you are doing and who you are. And if you're willing to be honest and own it, um, then people tend to respond. And it's it's been very gratifying for me to realize that. I feel like my whole career was framed around like maybe chasing some things that were a little shallow and then getting them and then getting knocked down and realizing like that's never really who I was. I was chasing all these things for maybe some uh, ego-driven reasons and I just kept finding that I just had to be more and more honest about who I was and, and why I was in it and why I felt like going for it. And the more I kind of shared that publicly, the honest side, the more some people embraced me. Not a huge amount of people, but the people who did seem to have done it in a way that's very big and it's very empowering and feels like a lot of it's a real honor, a real responsibility, but also a real honor. So to me, I guess my advice would always be like, be honest in what you're saying, be honest about why you're saying it. Let people in on that dialogue, and you'll find that people respond. And I can reiterate what I said before: you're such a well-spoken, thoughtful guy who has, made, has such a world, uh, such a world of experience. That if you're honest, if you're as honest about it with your work as uh, as you have been with me here today, then it just comes down to luck. Then it just comes down to: are you going to catch the breaks that allow people to find it? Which is really out of your control. All you can do is make the thing. You know. So what's your yeah. ans- what's your answer to the question? I, yeah, I'm not- 
and I'm not searching for fame and fortune. You know, I literally just, uh, just, I want to make people feel better. I mm-hmm. want to, I think that's a big problem in this world is that, uh, people are walking around upset. Um, luckily I found some medications that help out and if Save they had Lord knows, you know, yeah, and so, uh, nothing crazy, but things that just kind of help you kind of, you know, center a little bit sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I think there's just so much unhappiness in this world, especially right now where people like me who have four year degrees aren't able to use them in anything that they can, you know, in, in, in the yeah. world tough to find those kind of jobs. And so this, if I can just lighten people's day or lighten people's hour once or twice a month, that would be more than I could ever expect. It's a noble goal. So it's we'll a noble see. goal. So wait, we'll see. Give me uh, the, I don't want you I'll to give away I'll your anonymously home. let you know how it went. Yeah, please. I would love <laughs> to find out someday, but I think that might be impossible, but I hope it works out. So what's the, uh, I don't want you to give away the whole product. You're a man trying to commodify this thing into an insurance, uh, insurance grant thing venture someday. But you want to make people happy, so what's the uh, what's the premise to that? I know you already brought up that the uh, you don't have to park so close to the grocery store. That one really hit me in the gut. What's the uh, we got about a minute and a half left? What are the bullet points? Oh, here? you mean so just in, in in general, just things that make people that uh, how yeah. I can help make you want to make people happy, and you've got ideas on how to spread it. But from your worldview, well, through the lens giving, you've lived, yeah, maybe giving people a voice in something. Uh, uh, giving people a voice, you know, and that's the thing is I, I just feel like whenever the situ like we're going to have a basic theme around it and there's going to be a game show aspect to it that, yeah, like I said, I don't really want to go too into right now, but of like, course, yeah. we got about a minute left. Just so you know, we got one minute for you to I, spread I this message. To, yeah. I feel like if, if, if I were able to get somebody that's having a bad day on stage, talk with them a little bit, play a game or two with them, maybe give them some barely meaningful prize, but more just kind of giving them, you know, that. And then, but the biggest thing being with me, with our audience is that only positivity, no booing, no whatever. And let, let myself and my co-host be the judges of when things need to end or, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, I, I don't have a really good answer for you about how I'm going to do it, but I, I think we can just by being positive and just having fun. All right. Got about 15 seconds left. Are you still driving, by the way? No, no, I haven't been driving for a little while. I'm sitting in oh, front of uh, where I should be doing a little bit more work than I am right now, but uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, I'll fair. Just, I'll just call it lunch. Fair. But, um, no, I, don't, that, I think that's about it, man. I, uh, I dig what you do, and, uh, and uh, I think this is a really cool idea. Thanks, man. And based on the loose theoretical framework you've told me about, I dig what you do. I dig your story. I dig how you treat people. I dig the fact that you once beat up a man named Krusty. Dig the fact that you once beat up a man in a river. Dig the fact that you take care of your wife. Also, I want to go ahead and say that in a perfect world, this episode is sponsored by Ford F-250 and Flagel. (laughs) Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. I want to thank... That incredibly thoughtful mountain man for telling me what life is like out on the trails. I'll never know. I'm not going to do it, despite your efforts to convince me I should. But sounds cool for you. You sound like a good dude. You're the best. Thank you. Good luck for everything in the future. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the music. Thank you to the Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohn for making this thing happen. And thank all you guys for listening. If you enjoy this show, subscribe on iTunes, rate, review. All that stuff helps more than you guys will ever know. ChrisGethard.com for touring dates. TheChrisGethardShow.com for TV show info. That's that. Call in someday. I'd love to talk to you. Beautiful Anonymous. You come back next week for another Beautiful Anonymous call. I'll go ahead. I'll tease you with it right now. I'm trying to get you addicted. I'm trying to get you locked in. Here's a little teaser of a call you might hear. We had kissed a couple times before last night, but he never used tongue. What? No tongue. He just pecks? Not pecks, like open mouth kissing. And I actually recently got out of a long-term relationship with someone who could not kiss with tongue because he'd had a lot of medical problems as a child, so he was severely germaphobic. To the point where he couldn't even stick his tongue in my mouth for a second just to prove that he could do it. And you stayed with him for two and a half years. For two and a half years. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous.
Hey, quick, don't turn the podcast off. I know you probably left it on by accident, but I'm Arnie Niekamp from Hello from the Magic Tavern. This is what's going on. About a year ago, I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King into the fantastical land of Foon. I'm joined by my co-host, a talking badger. Mmm, please. And a magical wizard. I am Usador, blue wizard of the 12th realm of Ephesius. His name goes on a lot longer than that, but oh, we don't have so time for names. it. We interview adventurers, magical creatures, talking animals, and we talk about buttholes a lot. I apologize <laughs> for that. If that sounds interesting, download Hello from the Magic Tavern. Aye, uh, and then you can join me in my quest to defeat the Dark Lord. Correct, Arnold? Correct. Download it on Earwolf, and the entire back catalog is also on the Howl app. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.com